truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. At the door, not even inside the room, in the doorway speaks, and you actually respond to them. Uh, and this is me as a African-American man, finance degree, military veteran, you know, served my time, you know, went to war. And here I am like, wow. Hey guys, this is Michael. And before we get into today's episode, I want to share something that is deep in my heart and I felt was very important to make as a statement. As of course you already know, right now at this very moment, millions of Americans across the country are crying out in our streets and in our communities for justice in this land. And no matter what demographic you're in, if you care for human life at all, you are feeling the heaviness of this cry. Over the past few days, these protests have turned violent in many areas of the country, and it seems that anger and pain is reaching its limit. And although I don't condone this violence and destruction of the very cities that we love, I want to encourage you to not get distracted from the root of where this outcry is coming from. If people were not hurting, they would not be crying out. And I believe that racism is being exposed in this country at a level that has never been seen before. This injustice that is deeply embedded in our systems of education, law systems, healthcare, and communities has been hiding behind the scenes our whole lives. For most of you tuning into the show, you probably care a whole lot and you really want to make a difference. But for those of you who are tuning in and are not directly impacted by this injustice, you may feel a little lost as to what what to say or maybe what to do. And I want to encourage you today that that's okay. If you've not been directly impacted by the injustice of racism, whether in your school or your workplace, your community, or in the law system, the greatest thing you can do is to first listen to the ones who have. We will never be able to take a step forward unless we understand each other first and then build trust and relationships in our communities. Maybe you can have a conversation with someone who you can sit down with and get to know them on a deeper level. Ask the difficult questions like, what has your experience been like growing up? How has it affected you? Get down to the reality that people live on a daily basis and build trust. And I believe as we build these relationships on a community level, we will stand stronger together on a national level as we take steps towards making true change in America for a more equal and just country for all people, for all nationalities. Racism is evil. It's the hatred and oppression of another human life based upon their skin color. It's a direct attack at God's good creation. And we as a church, regardless of how we look, must not stand silent or still. Over the next few weeks, I will be releasing episodes and initiatives of ways you can get involved to help make these voices heard and take true steps towards bringing change. I also am excited to release some news shortly of ways we can enhance these efforts, but I can't share too much of that quite yet. But for now... I want this platform to be a voice and a space for conversations that can help us all listen better, understand more, and prayerfully and wisely take meaningful steps forward into a better future where justice and unity shine brightly in our lives. I love you all. Please stay safe and alive. We need your voice. It matters. Well, today is uh, a different type of day. 
it's a day that a lot of people are experiencing pain, but we're also seeing uh, some voices started to starting to be expressed and heard. And I wanted to have a conversation with a good, trusted uh, friend of mine, a brother of mine who I get to do life with and, and someone who I look up to and admire um, as far as the, the leadership they have in their own life. And uh, I want to just give a little preface before I introduce him that this conversation um, is setting the table for people to listen better. I, I don't in any way have all of the answers. I don't have a complete perspective. Um, I believe the my my friend who is going to be on the line with me can maybe help me gain gain some better perspective, and maybe it maybe can help you gain some better perspective as well. But ultimately, I want you to know, and I'm just going to say it right off the top, that this is not a conversation uh, to give you all of the right things you need to do. We're, we're we're offering perspective, and I really hope and pray that your heart is open to receive, and that your ears are open to listen to a perspective that maybe will help you, or maybe it will confirm things that you already feel, depending on where you're at in your life. That being said, I got uh, my friend, good brother of mine, Marquez Hughley. Bro, thank you so much for taking time. I know that you're a busy man. I know that you don't have a whole lot of time to give, so it means a whole lot that you are uh, taking this a few moments with me today. How are you doing today? First off, man, is your day going well? Yes, man. First of all, uh, let me just say how honored I am to be on your podcast. Um, I also admire you, man, and the work that you're doing. Uh, I think it's phenomenal, and I think it's great that we can even partner in this regard and talk about these issues. And uh, I I, I salute you for even taking a step uh, in this direction, because some people may not know what to do. Uh, and it's okay, but at least you're trying. And that's where things begin to progress by uh, as we begin to move forward in faith. And I think we can do that together. And I believe God is going to lead us through, man. So uh, I thank you for that. And um, I'm grateful, man. Um, you know, in terms of my day, of course, it's the sentiment of what's going on with all of the issues in terms of racism and inequalities and things of that nature are, is a damper on us all. Mm. Yeah. So it's not like I can say that, hey, you know, I'm doing yeah. fantastic. Sure. My heart aches just like everyone else. But I'm also looking for my answers from the kingdom of God, mm. from seeking the kingdom and partnering with people like yourself so that we can take progressive steps forward and see the change that we would like to see by being that change first. So I'm excited to be here, bro. And I know it's going to be a powerful talk. Yeah, well, I agree with you, man. It's hard to it's hard to say, hey, I'm having a great day when so many people are hurting. But um, I, it's just kind of in me to be hopeful, and and I really feel hopeful that some people are starting to hear myself. I'm starting to think of things differently, and I will even admit, over the past few weeks, things have gotten my attention that should have been on my radar already. You know, uh, when we talk about justice and we talk about the gospel and we talk about um, spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth, um, justice is a big piece of that. There is no redeemed earth without justice. And so true. how Very do true. how do we how do we even uh, approach this topic? It should be something that is already a conversation. And so um, 
I'm hopeful because I feel like my like myself and many others, um, this is a conversation that's coming to many tables and many houses and many communities and many churches and many businesses and it's a conversation that needs to happen and I celebrate that. So although there is a lot of things that we lament right now, obviously the loss of human life is something that we lament. Um, and, and my heart goes out to all those who are hurting. Um, but in that, I feel there's a sense of, of, of hope that's on the horizon right now that we can be hopeful of the future that people are beginning to listen who may not have listened before or beginning to see things they maybe have never seen before. And so, uh, I, I, I try to be today. I try to, I'm balancing lamenting and being hopeful. And I'm sure you share that sentiment with me. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about your experience. Obviously, being African-American uh, has has probably, and coming from the community that you came from, you, you, you grew up with um, certain circumstances and situations that you had to walk through. What was your experience like uh, growing up? Um, you're very successful in life, and I know that didn't come easy. What was it right. like to get there? What were, what, were, what were some of the things that you had to, to battle through? And are those some... Uh, those things that you experienced growing up, maybe is that some of what is the topic of the conversation that's going on right now that we hear? Honestly, I have to say, even I'm, I'm from uh, Opelika, Alabama, and um, in the time period in which, you know, I was in, you know, grade school, I really didn't experience a lot of like racism and things of that nature, uh, even in, in Opelika in the Auburn area. Uh, it was a, a much more progressive than probably people think in regards to uh, race. Um, I'm not saying that there were not people who were racist and things of that nature, but I particularly can't say that um, that I can pinpoint and saying there had these many instances where I had experienced some kind of injustice. I had, you know, of course, uh, black friends. I had uh, uh, Caucasian friends. I had. Uh, there was a few people who were Spanish there in our area, and there were, were a few people who were. Uh, from uh, some Asian uh, countries that that family had uh, taken resident in that area. I didn't really experience um, racism and inequity until I actually became an adult. Mm. Um, and that was, that's an interesting thing is because, and, you know, some of it I saw from the military uh, being, uh, I was in the military for almost six years uh, in the U.S. Army. Um, I served as a paralegal and got out the Army as an E-5 sergeant and with a, a deployment to Operation Iraqi Freedom. During that time, I saw, begin to see things, you know, manifest. Uh, but the, the military has a really good way or, or, or at least uh, somewhat of a system to try to keep things in check. But you can see little glimpses of things. But it's really kept at bay because of the checks and balances that they have uh, mm-hmm. to keep things from just happening. Um, and then I also, in the corporate space, because uh, I went back to school for finance, um, I began to see things in that regard as well, because I've worked in companies where uh, were, they, were, they had many African-American people working for the company, not just in finance. So, so, uh, so people were used to Black people, mm. but they weren't used to them in certain areas. And that's when you begin to see different things that some of my, my brothers and sisters in the plant may not didn't see, they may didn't see, but in a different area, different, different space, they weren't used to, or at least I was, there wasn't a whole lot of African-American representation. I mean, was the only person who was African-American. So you can imagine the kind of challenges 
that were there. I even had some situations where clearly I, I have spoken to a manager who was right beside me at a particular company and the person that never even uh, responded. I even spoke again just to make sure that they uh, they heard me mm-hmm. and they didn't respond. And then someone who was maybe 10 feet away at the door spoke and they actually responded, but they were the same ethnicity and uh, they were Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can imagine, like I, I was blown away yeah. because I was like, wow, like I'm right beside you getting coffee. And then somebody at the door, not even inside the room, in the doorway speaks, and you actually respond to them. Um, and this is me as a African-American man, finance degree, yeah. military veteran, you know, served my time, right. you know, went to war. And here I am, like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, bro, I just sum it up in a sense, that's kind of... Um, a lot of the things that I've seen that in the, those type of inequities manifested in my life more visibly when I was an adult. And that's a good, I'm glad that you brought it up because I think that that's a good dynamic that I think a lot of people um, are addressing right now is you have, a, you at that point in your life accomplished a lot, right? You, you served in the military, which we respect and honor you for doing that. And, and, for the time and, and sacrifice that you did to protect our country. You went to school and got a degree, right? So you you put in work to find a place in life. It's not like you were, were you know, uh, just kind of just getting in. Because, you know, when you first get into a company, yeah, I mean, may, they, there may be a little bit of you're green or whatever. But you right. you, you, you put in work, right? You, you, yes. you, you at least had the credentials to have a level of respect with the people that you work with. So how much of a shock was it that 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 none of that was really in consideration in in that in that time of your life i honestly have to say man it was shell it was a shell shock mm. i really got a chance to see what that feels like mm. and it felt terrible for me as you're saying to actually earn a finance degree and somebody won't even speak to me like that is that was like that was mind boggling and that's why I didn't even want to assume that maybe, maybe I said it too low. You know, I have a deep voice. Maybe sure. maybe, maybe my pitch was too low. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I said it again. Yeah. And didn't I get the response? So um, because me being a Christian, you know, I had to then, I'm still always filtering everything through how does, how would the kingdom, how would this, how would the Lord want me to respond? But I have to admit, my 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 humanity, just my human side, was devastated from the fact that you couldn't pay me that that mere that simple respect. Yeah. How can I work progressively with you as a teammate, or even even as my manager, someone who submits to your leadership, and do things where I trust you with my life? Mm-hmm. In terms of how you will order things or assign things to me and things of that nature so we can move the company goals and achieve them. Mm-hmm. How much confidence do you think I would have in the person who won't even give me a, a mere greeting? Yeah. And you still got me as a Christian. I'm going to still do everything unto the Lord. Yeah. But it's a it's a champ. Now you're actually having to come to work. Make sure your attitude is right. Pray. Get your spirit right. Things that you you didn't even think you were gonna have to do, yeah. but just go and do your work. Yeah. So that you don't you're not angry. Mm-hmm. So that you're not feeling like, man, 
I don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These are the things that I'm not saying all of my coworkers were having those same battles. Mm-hmm. Now we still had the challenge of the workload. Sure. But I'm now having to deal with, I can't believe, you know, um, I still have to function. Mm-hmm. I'm also not, there's not a whole lot of representation. So I'm actually the representation. So how I function and how, there's not a lot of people getting this opportunity. Yeah. So it's important on me to act professionally because to be honest with you, bro, I actually had to talk with uh, another brother who was, uh, you know, uh, in that area who was African-American working for the same company who said, man, we cannot be the angry black man Mm. in this space. We can't, we can't, we can't do, we don't have the liberty. Now you're like, wow, man, why are you saying that? It's saying that you in this space, you will not be looked at the same. If you express your frustration, sometimes you can be looked at as a threat. Mm. Someone else, maybe from a different ethnicity, can express their frustration and they're just having a bad day. Mm. You, my friend, they may have to call the cops. Not because you're really a threat. I love the Lord. Yeah. I love Jesus. You probably would harm me before I harm you. Yeah. But that's not how we look. It will not be perceived that way. Mm. So the very fact that this, this person who had been with the company longer than me, I was a newcomer at that time, had to have that talk with me, and I understood what he meant. I really got it. I said, I know what you mean. It's saying, hey, I have to be A1. Mm. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't express mine. When I go home and turn expressing frustration about those inequities, I just got to pray about it. I can't, I can't say or do because, again, I represent even the next man getting this opportunity. Yeah. And if this doesn't go well, I'm not sure if the next person would even be chosen to be a member of this team. Yeah. And see, since I'm over the, the representation, these are the things that are like micro inequities yeah. that people are fighting through and they're hard to pick out. Yeah. I, uh, there was a person who came and spoke at uh, a company, and I don't want to mention the company because that's not important, uh, but he spoke about micro inequities. And it was the most eye-opening for a lot of people uh, 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 conversation because he gave examples on how that works. It's almost like if me and you were working together and the manager uh, is explaining the the team and the person says, hey, um, here is Michael Carroll. Man, he's such an amazing guy. Can't do anything without this guy. Man, he's my go-to. Man, I love this dude. Then they come to me, Marquez. And yeah, we have Marquez. He's been here for about a year. And yeah, and then we have uh, John. He's been here for two years. Mm. Let's stop it there. You would say, man, was that fair? Well, what's automatically being implied to the the person that they were speaking to is that Pastor Michael or Michael is the go-to guy. Mm. Automatically implied because of the way that they express so much Love for the person, everything, and just introduce me by my name Mm. and maybe the time. So if I went and tried to complain and said, man, that's just, I just feel some kind of way about that. I don't know how to explain it. It's hard to even try to communicate it. Because then somebody can say, well, did they not introduce you? Yeah. yeah, he introduced me. Yeah, you know well, what are you complaining about? And it it could almost make it look like you're you're being. either petty or 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 emotional and and, and, right so you're kind of like you're you're trying to like well yeah he did it he did introduce me but why do i feel like 
I don't understand it. Those are the micro inequities that this was, this person had been like a top VP at a major company mm. and said, hey, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm talking from the top level mm. that this happens. And it's automatically applied to if that person came to the section and was looking for a person, they probably wouldn't come to me. Mm. They would go to you. Wow. And that's what they're saying about micro inequities. They happen so, it's so small things. It's subtle things. It's, it's how I show uh, show that this person is this, or my I, I favor that, but in a way where it's hard to pinpoint, so it's hard to actually call it out. Wow. So people just settle with this solid frustration and try to do their work and try to perform in the midst of all this cloudiness. And that's just a small piece of sometimes what, in this case, we're talking about African-American uh, challenges, but uh, I hope that was you yeah. Know, it clear. is. It is. And, and what I yeah. It, it it was. And thank you for being vulnerable and open about that, man. You you opened up a lot. And I think what I'm hearing you say is, in in that time, you you felt like it was hard to to have a voice. You almost maybe felt silenced in some ways because you couldn't fully express yourself in fear of how you would be looked at or or how it may affect your job or maybe even the job of other african-american people you work with or whatever the case is you almost felt silenced but you can't define it as being silenced because you had the ability to go to your boss you were working you had certain employer rights so it's not like you could say they're silencing me and i think that I i think that's what is being expressed in the country right now is I hear a lot of people and it irritates me. So I can only imagine how it irritates other communities, but people say, well, there, we do have equality because, you know, we have African-Americans working at higher level companies and stuff like that. But just because we have African-American people working in a certain company doesn't mean one, that they're treated the same in those companies or two, that they have the same ability, like you said, to either communicate or express or, or in influence change in, in different, in different ways. Just because you work there doesn't mean you have the same influence in that, in that company. And we could say that even in a community level, just because, You have American rights, okay, you can vote in different things like that. Doesn't right. mean you have the same influence or ability to make influence or change in our communities the way maybe some other people do. And these right. are th- and these are things that I think many people are starting to see that they never saw before. They're starting to hear about that they never heard before. Uh, and it, it's hard to express. And my heart goes out to people right now who are out there trying to express and then we have you know the the emotion part of it and then the, it's turning in different ways with the the writing and stuff and right. it, it's it's going in ways that i know the the communities are not wanting this they're wanting they're Very wanting true. to express something and and i'll be honest i feel like this some of this uh and maybe it's even the younger generation they don't know how to express what they're feeling they you know they are actually you know they they the courage you admire but it's a misguided you know type of behavior because it's like for me i'm i'm with you we need to make change but we're not going to do it by destroying where we live because I still I got to be here tomorrow. I still want to enjoy that park. I still want to do this. So how do I express my frustration then? I'm saying be human. Express it. Let it go. Yeah. 
Talk about it. Come out and say, hey, man, my heart breaks for this. But when we come back down, let's not go out and just burn a building down. Yeah. Let's go organize and say, hey, let's get together and let's go talk to the people who are the decision makers. Let's set regulation and laws in place to create checks and balances. And how do I know this works? Because we do it on the job. I, I just started a new job. For the last two weeks, what have I been doing? Trainings, mm. saying this is our values. Mm. Here's your code of conduct. I need that done by this time. Why? I'm setting the, the, the bar for you. I'm saying if you're going to be in this space, these are the way we function. We realize we can't even function as a workplace without this in, in place. Mm. Equal opportunity, sexual harassment, trainings. Mm -hmm. I need you to go through all these trainings before I even talk to you about what you're going to do. So, the, so corporate America understands that. Turn to the military. The military has rules of engagement. Say, okay, Marquez, I'm going to send you and all these people from different walks of life, uh, people from, uh, from Asian backgrounds, Caucasian backgrounds, Hispanic backgrounds, African-American backgrounds, and all give you guys, down, go, go down to a war, to some operation, 180 rounds, live, ammo, and I expect you guys to act right. But I'm not, and I, I know everybody doesn't like everybody, yeah. you know, but what do we have? Rules of engagement. Number one, of course, we're both, we're all wearing the same uniform. Yeah. So we're on the same team. So even if, you know, you don't like the person, you still have a governance in terms of how the uniform code of military justice, mm. UCMJ. Mm. Then also in that, even engaging the enemy, you can't just do that. Because this thing, you can't just shoot people because you have a weapon. Yeah. You would you were like, man, I was defending my country. They said not like that. Yeah. It's absolutely unacceptable. You are going to jail. So it's like those those checks and balances kept a lot of people in check who probably were had in their heart hidden yeah. prejudice, mm -hmm. racism, mm -hmm. you know, classism or whatever it is that can manifest because we know that hatred. Racism, it's a sin, it's a work of the flesh. We need the Lord to a work in a person's heart to, to rid themselves and transform them from that kind of heart to a heart that embraces the kingdom's way of doing things. So, but there is checks and balances that govern people in the workplace, sure. in the military, that say, you know what, I can't do something against this man just because I don't like him. Now, you may not like him. You just better not act. You better not act on it. So I want to I want to stop there because there's a couple things that you gave me some thoughts, and I want to ask your perspective on one. Um, to be clear, I think we both would agree. I think we have an understanding for people who may, when the when when the protests go a certain way, I think there needs to be a level of of maybe some grace from from our end from people who may not be a part of them at the moment to understand we know we recognize I, I don't agree obviously with destroying our cities I'm not and I'm not saying I'm condoning that but let's let's not condemn them let's help them right let's not right. let's not throw the hammer you know let's let's right. un, unite surround and lead in a better direction and say hey you have a voice Let's let's take you over right. here. Let's take you to the to the to the courthouse. Let's take you to the you know to the senators and the governors. Yes. Let's let's take your voice where it's gonna make a change, and let's let's help you 
put this emotion into a word that can intelligibly make an impact in the community and the leaders that are the ones who actually can make these changes, they can hear you and they can feel yes. you. And so Absolutely. let's I think we're so quick to say, man, look at the, you know, they're destroying our cities. This is wrong. They need to be thrown in jail. I don't I don't think that. Now the, yeah. the now the ones who are going just to start uh, right, right. That's yes. a different animal. Take them yeah. away because they don't even have a voice in the fight. They're not even trying to yeah. promote change or whatever. It's creating a distraction. Right. But for the ones that are genuinely wanting and expressing themselves, right. don't throw them in jail. Let's get them in front of somebody yeah, so that so they can, we can be heard. To create the change we're looking for. And, and I, I, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, this morning. Because um, you got to look at it from the standpoint from both sides. And understand from a heart of compassion, I know that there are people who are policemen mm. whose hearts aching to be out there. Right. But it's my job to, 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 to actually handle crowd mm. and to deal with it in this space. Yeah. But your heart is aching because you, are, you, you, uh, you see it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's see it from the heart of everybody's weary. Right. The person that's out here that's been experiencing the the, the injustice for their African American uh, their skin the skin color, the police officer who's hurting just like the person who's on the other side. Yeah. But because of their job, they don't want to be out there either. They would rather be at home with their families. Yeah. So yeah. everybody's weary. Yeah. So yeah. let's stop all we- the weariness and let's go get to some answers. Yeah. Let's bring everybody off those out there for all these nights, and let's get to some places where we can actually create some checks and balances by laws and regulations yeah. and have some signatures in place to where these things will not be enforced properly. And then now it can bring peace to everybody's heart again, at least that we have something in place that it tightens, it tightens it up a little bit. Yeah. Because that's the thing. People say, well, there is laws, there is this. The reason why the people in terms of where it can be a excessive force used is because the rule is not as tight. And that's why people feel like they can actually go beyond. Because if it was, if we tighten it up a little bit, you don't feel like you have that much grace. And that's why in the military, I didn't feel like I had much grace at all. Like you, you better understand the responsibility. So it put gravity in you. Mm. They said, yes, you're wearing this uniform. And yes, I did give you ammo, but this this is a cost. Yeah. So what I think is a responsibility. What I think if you hold this, yes, I want you. I want you to lose your thought. No. Yeah. What I think I hear you say is is with these checks and balances, it's almost like true evil and racism in human hearts would be easier to identify. It's like when you when when you when you have certain rules in place and you bring kids into the room, the ones that are troublemakers, they're going to stand out real quick. Because, because because Quickly. they they ain't following any of the rules and, and they're and they're going against the system. So Quickly. when you have a, a better system that is promotes equality for everybody, yes, treats everybody like human life. Absolutely, now, people who do have evil in their hearts for different skin colors, they're going to stand out a lot more. You're yes. gonna, they're going to be because they're going to be bucking the system. They're going to be gonna going. Look, they're going to be gonna going be, against it. It's an elephant in the room. You will it's be like, yes, it, exactly. The light will be on you, and it will be more clear. Where now, I feel like uh, 
things are a lot more subversive and a lot more behind the scenes and yes. it's easier to hide maybe right. how things are in your hearts and it's easier to um, just kind of blend in and right. al- it's almost ha- like a passive aggressive you know yes. uh, thing that that you can't really call out it's because right. ha- it's hard to identify and, and that's and that's kind of like with the person, you know, the officer knit with his knee on George Floyd's neck. Now, you can look like, well, we're apprehending the guy. Mm. But it's like, wow, like, but he's cuffed and he's just asking to breathe. Like, shouldn't you be putting him in the back of the police car? Right. Why are you, why are you just sitting there? Right. See, that's, that's the thing where it's kind of like, that's excessive. Right. Now, you're doing, you're, you're doing what, your, your your uniform is saying, hey, I'm here to apprehend this person from doing such criminal act. But now it's something is happening beyond that while you're still wearing the uniform. Mm-hmm. And now it's confusing. Now it's like, well, I see you have the authority by the badge, but clearly something, as you said, there is a problem with that. Yeah. And it need because if we are more aware and conscious of, hey, this is the way we do things. Then, as you're saying, anytime there's an oddball, the light bulb, it's, it's on there. It's yeah. on it. And yeah. and everybody has to share the same sentiment that it's unacceptable. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be me for you to care. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be you for you to care. Mm-hmm. I, so it's almost like, would it be unacceptable if it was me, an African-American man, with my knee on you, a Caucasian man, Nick, mm. would people be outraged then? Mm-hmm. Would it be unacceptable then? Yeah. But why is it unaccept- not unacceptable now? Yeah. It yeah. should be across the board. Yeah. doesn't matter who it is. Right. Asian man on the ground. Right. Hispanic man on the ground. Right. Nobody. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, we, I have to care about human life. Yes. In a way that where now I can allow you as a law enforcement to do that, to help protect and serve, which this contract we have with each other to say, hey, I can trust that when you're walking down the street, you can trust that I'm not going to come out and just how about my car and harm you. Mm-hmm. We need that peace to be able to know that, hey, we can just walk out, enjoy the community, go out and go fishing, mm-hmm. you know, go spend some time in the park, run if you want to, without some threat to my life. And right now, because the lines are getting blurred, because of the inequities, people are saying there's a problem and it needs to be some solutions, bro. So uh, I think what we're talking about is spot on now. Yeah, and I agree. And 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 I think that one of the biggest things that my prayer has been is, Lord, surround these these young voices with the right leadership to to get them in the right direction. What yes. they say is valid. How they feel is valid. The pain that's being expressed is real. They didn't just. Pe- nobody is born in this world, and they're saying, "You know what? I'm gonna just be, you know, filled with pain and 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 be mad." This right. is this is stuff that has is happening to these <laughs> right. people. Absolutely, that is making them feel this way. It's making them grow up uh, looking at the world through a certain lens and. And that's just a reality that we have to be willing to accept and embrace. And if that affects their voice coming in a certain way and they seem angry, well, so be it. Or if our if our um, if our taking a stance as a church, as a government, whatever, appears divisive, 
so be it. Because if if what I'm saying right now or 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 what we're expressing right now is dividing me from someone else, then I don't want to be connected to somebody. If if my conversation about racism is making you uncomfortable, I don't want to be united with you. Absolutely. So so yes, it may be it's causing okay. some division. Whatever. I, I divide me because I don't want to be locked into what what is essentially holding this, this problem the in place the problem and absolutely man just exacerbating the issue and it and that's what i'm saying it's kind of like we got to say hey i will stand for what's right it doesn't matter if you do not dis- if you dislike me for as if i know i'm standing for right we need people who have courage and for me if we're kingdom people if we got christ in our hearts we don't supposed to walk in fear yeah because you know you know, and I've had a conversation with somebody recently of a different ethnicity, and people are struggling with, you know, man, what do I say? And, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And it's like, you know what, man, man, do what we, we know the word says. You can stand up right where you are. And, man, it, it may cause some people me not to like you, but I can confidently stand for what's right. And it doesn't matter. Because yeah. I know that the Lord is pleased. That's right. So it doesn't matter who who begins to dislike me for standing what's right. If the Lord is with me, mm. then, and then I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And I believe that everybody who's on the Lord's side will join on side. I, and, see, it, and, yep. and it, it will begin to separate. Mm-hmm. You will find out what's real and what's fake. Mm-hmm. We'll understand between the wheat and the chaff. You will begin to see how things begin to separate when it becomes down to true matters. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the Lord, man. Because when, when you read about in the Gospels how Christ was, man, it, he, was, he was doing some things and causing some uproars where people, you begin to see where, who really cared. Exactly. And you, you know, you're like, did you really care, though? Mm-hmm. And the Lord was being able to spotlight and say, hey, but, you know, these, these things need to be fixed or you need to show compassion or you need to actually just have a heart and love people mm. because animosity against animosity, that's not going to, you can understand how wars happen. If I, if you, if you harm me and I just get in a rage and harm you, it's just retaliation. It's just tit for tat. But what about if we now show, because we understand we care more about the whole continuing to work in a system and society that, that is equal and that is, safe for all rather than I just want things to, to, I don't want to actually have my life disrupted. I don't want, I don't want to come out of my comfort zone, nor do I want to actually have the spotlight on me. But to me, it's like, how could we say that we are the kingdom and we're not trying to be the light in this world in a time when the people's hearts are screaming out for guidance. Yeah. Somebody told me something when I, when I recorded a video and they put a message and said, thank you, basically, for the needed message and for instructions. And so that touched my heart because it's saying this person was looking for instructions. Mm-hmm. I want to do something, mm-hmm. but I don't know what to do. So to me, it's like, well, it's time for the kingdom who have the word of God, 66 books that's been, we've been reading day in and day out, Sunday after Sunday, week after week. And when it's time to implement these teachings in real life, when it really matters, when people's hearts and lives are on the line, we don't want to make, stand up for the gospel. Mm. 
then we have we should have a problem with that man because that's not what we stand for. Yeah, and if you and if you're standing up for the gospel, that means you have to be comfortable with you not having privilege over another person. And if yes. that if that's a problem for you, then that's a heart issue. Absolutely. And, and I think every one of us needs to more than others need to if you're a Christian, well, if you're human in general, but let's start with Christians. Yes. Okay. If you have a problem with you not having privilege over another person, then you have a heart problem. And that's Absolutely. and that's not that's the gospel. Yes. Because in Revelation, standing before God is every tribe, every nation, every, every yes. language, every culture. Yes. Everyone is represented from yes. every tongue and nation and skin yes. color in this world, and everybody is standing in one crowd. There's oh, no, yes. there's no higher hills. There's no higher platforms. There's yes. no, there's no different kingdoms. There's one king, and yes. everyone has one, one body, and, and we are in unity together. Yes. And there's Absolutely. not anybody in this kingdom who is more special than another person. And I think that it's elementally. A, a heart issue that we have to be okay with. If you grew up yes. with, if you grew up with privilege, you need to probably understand that, and then you probably need to recognize that that you may or you may be in a shift in culture where you have to accept that in order for us to progress as a nation, you have to lose the privilege that you have so that everyone could be equal, and right. that is an issue that people they may say I'm for it. But that's a hard issue that people that's, have that's to a, accept right here, and, and, and that touches that touches a deeper area <laughs> because if I gotta give up something, yes. you know, now now you you're telling me I have to personally sacrifice or personally mm-hmm. like, and now you begin to see where we have the core problem. Yep. Because when we get down to the things that really will actually shift things into place, when we are rigid against that. Mm-hmm. You understand now why it has continued. Exactly. Because people are like, hold up, I don't want to move that far. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, now I was able to move it a little bit. I'll wear a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I'll make a post. Yes. But don't shift me that much. But if my whole that's li- gonna that's gonna shift the whole house. And my whole lifestyle <laughs> is now affected. Now Absolutely. I have to put in the same amount of work as everybody else to yes, move forward man. in life. I yes, have to put man. the same amount of energy, time as the brother next to me or the this next to me. And again, <laughs> it's easy. It's, situation, it's man. easy to put a post out, man. It's easy to like you yes. say, put a shirt on. But when you're saying I have to give a piece of my privilege Man. away so that I make myself equal with another person, that's Man. a sacrifice. But here's the deal. That happened in the very early church. We had people who were, yes. Ro- who were Roman citizens who handed over their privilege to be wow. a part of the church. They were, wow. they were the elite of the elite up there and then they oh, had man. to come down to a group of peasants which the yes. Christians were considered they have and, all things in common and go they on. had to hand over their privilege that they had to be a part of this family this is this is something that was in the from the very beginning when very god beginning. united cultures together that means people had to hand over whatever privilege that their culture gave them whatever superiority in order for Gentiles and Jews to come together, there had to Absolutely. be a blending of cultures, which means there had to be equal ground. And and this was that was revolutionary then. 
uh, yeah. it, just as much as it's revolutionary now. But if Very we cool. want to see a kingdom of people who are truly impacting this world and a country that represents God, like we say it does, then we have to we blend have to. our cultures together. It has to be equal ground. And I'm sorry, people of privilege, we have to, me included, have to, in our hearts, be accepting and willing to, if we really want to make change, to hand over whatever privileges we have in order for everyone to be equal and everyone to be treated the same. And it doesn't have to be a negative thing. And I think people think that, oh, now I'm I have to suffer or my family suffers in a society where people are treated equal. There's not, there's less suffering, you know, (laughs) life is better, you know? Uh, And, and the the goal in revelation 20, 21, 22 is a redeemed world where there's no suffering. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no death. There's no murder. There's no oppression. It's a redeemed and perfect world where God's presence fully manifests. And I think, uh, we we look at it like the sacrifice I has to I have to make is gonna is gonna yeah you may suffer while doing it but it's for the sake of a better world and it's for absolutely. the sake of a better generation or better world for this next generation absolutely to walk into um, so I think this was a great conversation we're kind of coming up towards the end I want to I want to give you a, a second to share your thoughts man uh, based upon all of this that we've talked about today what do you want to leave us with. You know, uh, first, man, just this has been outstanding, uh, you know, uh, conversation with you. And um, I just want to say, you know, that we need to we got to do this together. Mm. This is not this can't be a African-American thing. You know, you know, we need every person to actually speak up and we need to unify to actually create real change. I don't want to for this to be something that we just say, hey, we want to stand out for a day or a week and we are with a cause. But you never put anything in place to actually make it be lasting. If we want something to be uh, continuous, then we will change the rules. Mm. And and if we don't want to change the rules, then we're just waiting for another day. Mm. And we have to be honest. Honesty, man. As ugly as it is, but at least... If I show you the wound, we can begin to dress it. We can begin to put the, the band-aids and, and let it sit for a while and let time and, and put something on it to heal it. But if we want to act like it doesn't exist, we keep pulling it away. And we're not, we, we can say that we want to be a part of the change. And as, but you, as you mentioned, if we don't want to shift things truly, then we're not actually about the things that we're saying we're really about. Mm-hmm. I have to love my fellow man, not just as somebody said, well, I'm colorblind. No, I wanna see your color mm-hmm. because your color is your history. Sure. Your colors from what brought you to this place. But I also realized that I did not come from my family. I came through them. I came from heaven with an assignment just like you. Mm-hmm. So for all of us, we gotta now know that what can I do to help my brother and my fellow sister enable them, no matter what skin color, to fulfill their God-given assignment on the earth as I want to fulfill mine. We all want to get to heaven and say, hear him say, well done. But I also want to get to heaven and hear the Lord say, you enabled your brother and your sister, 
no matter who they were. They didn't have to look like you. They didn't have to come from your community. You empowered everybody because they were part of the kingdom or they were just a part of the human race to finish their race strong. That's what I want to be about. That's what I want to stand for is loving God and loving people. Because if Jesus get give a crash course on the kingdom, that's what it would be. Mm-hmm. If we had to do a crash course, love God, love people. If you want to do some the kingdom for dummies, love God, love people. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do to try to make this thing, to simplify it down to a simple fact and say, we love God and we love people. And if we don't agree on these things, then we got to realize are we really about this thing? And I'm appreciative, bro, for giving me this opportunity to share my heart. I believe that there's light that's going to be uh, uh, come out of this conversation. And I pray that it will touch the heart of many, that it will ignite the hearts of many to not just go and say they are for the change, but take steps to make that happen. So thanks again, bro. Super blessed to have you, man. Love your leadership. Love your uh, the voice that you have in in your community, in the church that you serve at. You know, you're part of our church here at City Life, and you're a valued voice, man. And honor you today, bro, for your time and for all that you do. And look forward to hopefully having you back here in the future. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Looking forward for the opportunity. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarrollnow. Have a great day. Until next time.